Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Well, we're just going to jump right into it because I have a lot of ground to cover tonight. So we're going to start with a basic but powerful truth, and that is that God wants you to be free. Simple but powerful. There are a lot of religious people who talk about how, oh, this life is all about suffering and misery and horrible awfulness, but when we get to heaven, it's going to be great. It's like, that is so depressing. And better yet, it's not biblical. It's not at all biblical. God wants us to be free, not just in heaven, but in this life, God wants us to be free. John 8, 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What a beautiful scripture. So it's through Jesus' death and resurrection that we can have freedom. Freedom is accessible. And I love the definition of freedom. The definition of freedom, actually, is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So God wants us to live this life fully able to move forward for the kingdom of God, love him with everything in us without anything hindering us or restraining us from our purpose and destiny. Friends, freedom is a journey, and the title of my message tonight is The Freedom Journey. We're going to be talking about the freedom journey tonight, and I'm going to be sharing my freedom journey tonight. It is God's will that we would walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit on a journey of continually gaining new territory through freedom and deliverance, and then learning to hold that ground by faith. So we're constantly moving forward in our journey of freedom. I have been on a journey of freedom for nine years, and I'm, st- I'm going. I'm just keeping going. I'm just going to keep pursuing freedom till the day that I graduate to heaven. We just keep on going, keep on going. So I want to make it clear, this is not a quick fix scheme. This isn't like a, hey, come on up, have a minister pray for you, and like sprinkle fix pixie dust, and like all your problems will go away for the rest of your life. You'll never have to think about another thing ever again. It's like, no, we're talking about learning to live a lifestyle of freedom. So we walk the journey of freedom by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, constantly searching our hearts and asking, like, what is hindering us? What is holding us back? And then when the Holy Spirit reveals that to us, we address it. We address it through deliverance. We command it to leave our life so that we can move forward. And then we hold that ground by faith. That is the freedom journey. So one of my most powerful deliverance, um, I've had quite a few deliverances, no shame or condemnation in Jesus, right? So I've had quite a few. One of my most powerful ones was a couple years ago, um, I was having some pretty severe back pain, um, and I attributed it to my pregnancy, which is why it took me nine months to figure out, like, uh, this is more than just, like, the pregnancy issue, because I was getting, like, physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, all the things, and nothing was working. And so finally I realized, I was like, it's a demon. It's a demon that's causing me this back pain. Like, 
Oh my goodness. So I asked the Holy Spirit, what is the root of this? How can I address this? And he revealed to me that I had unforgiveness towards um, someone that had deeply wounded me. So I spent a few days really pressing in and releasing forgiveness from my heart to that individual. And when I felt my heart shift, I called up Pastor Pammy. I'm like, hey, Pastor Pammy, I think I've got a demon issue in my back. Can you help me get rid of it? She's like, yeah, let's just pray right now. Let's just pray over the phone. I kid you not. One minute later, she just commands that demon to leave my back. And I'm like, what? bending over, lifting my leg. I'm like, it's gone. It's completely gone. Like it was gone in an instant. In a second, nine months of suffering, day and night, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sit pain, nine months, and it was instantaneously gone. So I gained territory, and then every day I woke up and declared, my back is healed. God has restored my back. My back is made whole. So I held that ground through faith. That is the freedom journey. Friends, we must be free in order to fulfill our kingdom assignment. So we need to understand that the primary goal of the kingdom of darkness is to snatch our souls. But when we get saved, they can't do that anymore. So then they try to bind us up in our mind, our emotions, and our body so that we are incapable of doing things for the kingdom of God. We're incapable of fulfilling our destiny and our assignment. I think of it like, you know when you're you're in your car seat or driving in your car? That's it. I have kids. I have three kids. So I'm like car seat, car seat, but we don't sit in car seats like kids sit in. Okay. Driving in your car, okay? You buckle your seatbelt and you know when it gets locked and you're like, wait, I can't bend forward and I can't twist. And you're like, and it's like, it makes me panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't move. Like it's, that's, that's that kind of restriction, that restraint. That's the visual I get. Like they're holding us back so that we are incapable of moving forward for the kingdom of God. So it is God's will that we would be set free so that we can understand our identity, our purpose, and ultimately grab hold of the promises of God for our lives to fulfill our destiny. That's God's will. So the best thing that we can do for the kingdom of God is to pursue freedom. Do you know that when we get set free, we're advancing the kingdom of God? Just by pursuing freedom, we're advancing the kingdom of God. So I encourage you to be honest with yourself tonight and ask yourself the question, what's holding you back from the fullness of what God has in store for you? What's holding you back? Where are the areas where you can feel that there's a restriction, there's a restraint? Something's holding you back from fully moving forward into the things of God. That's where you want to focus. All right, point number one. Bondage comes through agreeing with lies. So lies are the key weapon of the kingdom of darkness to bind and restrict us. 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He is the great deceiver. And we need to understand that the kingdom of darkness is built upon deception. It's not like in Hollywood. They don't show up with like pitchforks and like all looking all creepy. No, it's not like that. They are deceptive. There is deceptive in the kingdom, deception in the kingdom of darkness. And typically they lie about the character of God and our identity. So who God is and who we are. Those are the lies. And the key here is that lies have no power over us unless we come into agreement with them. When we come into agreement with the demonic lie, it then gives the demonic kingdom opportunity to then restrict us in that area. 
So I'm going to share a bit of my journey, my freedom journey, so you can see how this, a few little lies, you know, seemingly harmless, ended up wreaking a whole lot of havoc in my story, okay? You with me? All right. So I grew up in a loving Christian home with loving Christian parents. Um, they just, they were wonderful, wonderful Christian parents. They prayed for us every day and they taught us scripture. But my dad was raised Roman Catholic and my mom was raised very religious. So they only knew religion. That was how they grew up. So when they had us four kids, they're like, great, religion. That's what we do. So they found a super religious church, super religious environment. So I was raised in a very religious environment. And religion is one of those things that really looks lovely on the outside. Again, deceptive, and thank you, Pastor Becky, for already addressing this. Religion is very deceptive. Religion without relationship with Jesus can be very harmful and very oppressive. So I grew up and I became like a Pharisee. I was like the queen bee Pharisee of all the Pharisees. Like, that was me. I, that was me. I was judgmental, I was critical, I was very performance-driven, I was extremely prideful, and I was deeply, deeply insecure to top it all off. So again, hot mess. And to make matters worse, the religious denomination that we grew up in taught us that everything that happens in the whole world happens because it's the will of God. So all the horrible and bad things that are happening around the planet are God's will. It's not biblical. That's not true, but that's what we were taught. And so I came in, into agreement with the lie that God is not trustworthy. God is not trustworthy. I cannot trust God. That was the lie. And because I agreed with that lie, the demonic kingdom seized an opportunity. Oops, my toe. Yep, yep. Thank you. Um, the demonic kingdom seized an opportunity and a spirit of unbelief came into my life at that moment. And I just thought I had trust issues. Like I was like, I just have trust issues. I'm a girl that has trust issues. That's not normal to have trust issues. Like, but I excused it. And when people would share a testimony of the goodness of God, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, nope, nope, don't trust God. Don't trust God. So unbelief, firstly, it's a condition of the heart. So my heart, the position of my heart was not trusting of God. But then when we have that heart condition, the spirit of unbelief, a demonic spirit, can then come and energize that unbelief until it's like tormenting. And, and we just feel so incapable of trusting God. And I really believe that this spirit in particular is, is truly tormenting much of the church. I just have seen it in, in my ministry here. I've just seen so many Christians that are tormented by the spirit of unbelief. And it's really, truly the reason why so many Christians, you'll hear often like, well, God can't save America. Like we're too far gone. Or like, uh, California. Oh no, California's toast. Like, no, God can't do that. Or, or, and I've heard this so many times, it's impossible. God can't overturn Roe v. Wade. Hello, it's about to happen in Jesus name. I've heard that so many times. I've been praying for this for years. I felt like God gave me a prophetic word five years ago that Roe v. Wade would be overturned in my life. But the few Christians that I told, they told me, oh, that's impossible, Teresa. That's about That spirit of unbelief. That spirit of unbelief. The spirit of unbelief hinders our faith by constantly reminding us of the facts and reality and what's impossible. I literally think that Jesus is up there like waiting for us to say impossible. And then he's like, oh, hey, Gabriel, Michael, it's our time. Let's go. Like, let's rock and roll. They just said impossible. 
I mean, impossible is what our God does. He does it every day, all the time. I would be up here for the next three days telling you all the impossible things that I have seen our God do. And when we read the scriptures, we see over and over and over, our God does impossible things. And we know that faith is the currency of heaven. And God intends for our faith to grow continually. So that's why when the spirit of unbelief comes in, it hinders our faith from growing. It hinders us from stretching out our faith and taking new ground in faith. We must always be on the process of continuing to stretch our faith, grow our faith. Don't think that you're going to have faith for a million dollars if you don't have faith for 10. Don't think that you're going to have faith to raise someone from the dead if you don't have faith to heal a headache. Like we've got to start today, wherever you are today, just start right now, plan your feet in the ground, make a decision to have faith, make a decision to stop listening to unbelief and just move forward. We must continually be ex expanding our faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's God's will that we would hear the word of God. Faith would activate within us. We would reach out, grab hold of that word, draw it deep into our heart, believe it for ourselves, and then act on it. Ultimately, we must act on it. Faith without works is dead. Act on it. So the spirit of unbelief comes in and steals it out of our hand before we're able to plant it deep within our heart and really let it take root. It is through faith that we grab hold of the promises of God for our life and for our family. The promised land was promised to the Israelites. It was their promised land. Like, they knew it was their promised land. Like, this is your promise. But still, unbelief kept them in the wilderness, and a whole generation of them died and never were able to access the promise because of unbelief. Unbelief. We've got to deal with the spirit of unbelief tonight. So I encourage you to ask yourself, am I operating out of a spirit of unbelief or a spirit of faith? They are opposing spirits. So we must address the spirit of unbelief in our life. Point number two, what you tolerate will dominate. Okay, so here I was. I had believed a lie that God was not trustworthy. So then if God's not trustworthy, then obviously people aren't trustworthy. And if I can't trust God and I can't trust people, then there's a whole lot of things to be very afraid of in the world, right? So then I came into agreement with a spirit of fear over my life. And I became very afraid of many things. I had a debilitating fear of failure, fear of man, fear of disappointing people. In fact, one of my greatest fears was actually the fear of public speaking. To the point where I couldn't even, I would like, like literally sweat and tremble if I had to like talk in my connect group. I'd be like, oh my God, I can't do it, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> like it just to pray in front of a connect group, I'm telling you. So spirit of fear, see how spirit of fear was holding me back from my assignment, from my destiny, because I'm called to minister to people. And I was afraid to pray for people. I was afraid to minister to people because of fear. But it didn't end there because we all know that the only way to manage fear without Jesus is through, anyone? Control. The front row knows. Yeah, y'all know. 
So I came into agreement with a spirit of control at that point, and I became very controlling of myself and other people because, you know, it's like I have to control everybody at all times so that I'll feel safe, right, so that I can manage my fear. But of course, it didn't end there because we all know that there's really one way to control people, and that is through anger. So then I came into agreement with a spirit of anger and was using anger to impose my will upon other people. But unfortunately, it doesn't end there. Oh my goodness, it keeps going. What? Because there's always the spirit of condemnation there to tell me what a bad, horrible person I am, that I'm so fearful, angry, controlling, and terrible, that God's never going to use me, God doesn't love you, blah, 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 lies, 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 lies. So you see that the goal of the kingdom of darkness is to take territory in our lives through controlling us. So what starts as something seemingly simple and small, if we let it continue, it turns into a massive stronghold in our life that is actively holding us back from the call of God on our life. And the reality is that we cannot manage a demon. I've tried. Can't do it. Can't do it. And we cannot counsel a demon. I love counseling, by the way. Counseling is amazing for processing things, but you cannot counsel a demon. You can't. And you can't control demons either. Try that as well. Doesn't work. You can't do any of those things. There's only one way to handle demons, and that is to take authority in the name of Jesus and to command them to leave our life forever. That's it. That's our only option. We throw them out like we throw out the trash. You got to get them out of there. So how did I get free and how can you get free? Point number three, you have to get to the root. So every time that I tried to deal with anger or condemnation or control, but I didn't deal with the root of unbelief, it would just, I mean, I'd get some relief for a little bit, but inevitably all of those things would end up coming back to me and I'd end up right back where I started. It's like a building a house. You can rip off the roof and just rebuild a new roof. But if you destroy the foundation, the house is done. It's toast. So we have to get to the root. And I found that the most common spiritual roots, just from my experience, are unbelief, fear, and rejection. Rejection is a very, very, very common root. So I had to address the root issue of unbelief with the four R's. So I learned from Pastor Shelly Griever, love Pastor Shelly, that the four R's, yes, she's amazing, up at San Marcos tonight. So the four R's is how we want to address every demonic spirit that we come up against, okay? So if you're taking notes, you definitely want to take notes on this because anywhere you're at, you don't have to even come to church. Did you know that? Like you can actually, in your car, you can deal with these spirits. So first thing, I had to recognize that I had an issue. The first R is recognize. You must recognize. When people come to the altar and they tell me, you know, I don't know, I might have, like, a demon somewhere around me, but, like, I don't know. There, you, we must recognize. It's not going to be effective. We must recognize actively what is holding us back in order to be free from it. So the first R is we must recognize. The second R is we must repent. Repent and forgive. I had to repent 
from my unbelief and my lack of faith in God. I had to repent of fear, anger, control, and I had to forgive. Forgiveness is a vital step. We cannot skip over that step. That is so vital. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And remember, unforgiveness is simply, or when we forgive, we're simply saying that we release them to be judged by God. So, and God is a just judge, friends. He is a just judge. So we are releasing their debt. We're forgiving from the heart and saying, I release you. And now God is going to be your judge. Who's a better judge, us or God? God is a better judge. And I had to renounce. So the, first, the third R is to renounce. When we renounce, we break agreement with every demonic lie. So I had to break agreement with unbelief, with fear, with control, with anger. So we renounce. And then the fourth R, we receive. We receive the free gift of freedom. It is a gift. It's just like salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do. that We can't be righteous enough. We can't be holy enough. We can only receive the free gift of freedom. And in a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're going to go through these four R's together. And so we're going to deal with all these spirits tonight. But before we do that, I just wanted to share with you guys really quickly, early on in my freedom journey, God gave me almost like a, a vision. I'm very visual, so God often gives me images or visions when he's trying to explain something new to me that I'm just not getting. And so I was, I was struggling with receiving freedom, the free gift of freedom. And so God gave me this, this beautiful vision, and I want to share it with you guys tonight. Um, it's set, the scene is set like, a courtroom. We've all seen enough like courtroom TV shows. We know what a courtroom looks like. So the scene is set like a courtroom. Up here would be the judge who is God the Father in all of his glory and preeminence. And over here to my left is the prosecutor who is the devil. The Bible says that the devil is the great accuser and that he accuses the brethren both day and night. And over here is me, the defendant, and my defense attorney, who is Jesus Christ. And the scene plays out like this. The prosecutor approaches the bench to present his evidence against me. And he says, Exhibit A, every single sin that Teresa Mack has ever committed in her 33-year life. Exhibit B, the shame, guilt, and embarrassment that she carries for all of her many mistakes that she's made. Exhibit C, all of the ungodly agreements that she's made. Exhibit D, all of the generational curses in her family line. And he says, Your Honor, you know that there is one punishment for this, and that is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So he's feeling all proud of himself and goes and sits back down. And I'm seated with my head hung low, knowing that every word he said is true. I really did do all of those things, and I really do deserve the punishment 
of death. But then my defense attorney stands and approaches the bench with his evidence. And he says, Exhibit A, I was brutally murdered and took on the full weight of sin so that Teresa might have my righteousness and life. Exhibit B, I was stripped naked and bore her shame, guilt, and condemnation that she might share in my glory. Exhibit C, I died the most barbaric death in history that she might receive full forgiveness of sins. Exhibit D, I was made a curse that she might enter into the blessings of God. And he says, Your Honor, you can see from the evidence before you that every debt has been paid. The price of Teresa Mack's freedom has been fully and completely bought by my precious blood. So the judge stands and proclaims that I am free. I'm free to walk out that door. I am free. Yes. Yes. Friends, this is quite literally the spiritual exchange that takes place. Our freedom has been bought and paid for by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. It's true for me, and it's true for you. And tonight is the night to receive your freedom, because God is not a respecter of persons, and he died on that cross for all of us. So let's all stand and pray together and receive freedom right here, right now, tonight. The first step in our freedom journey is always to give our life to Jesus Christ. There is no freedom without him. There is no way that we can earn freedom. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and you feel apart from God tonight and you want to make that commitment, we're going to make that commitment now. But also if you, if you did give that commitment at some point, but you feel far from God, make tonight the night. We're about to do the salvation prayer. So just from your heart, just make tonight the night that you begin or, or just re-engage in a relationship with Jesus tonight. So let's all close our eyes. And if that's you tonight, I just want you to repeat. Actually, we're all going to repeat after me. But especially if that's you, I just want you to just really pray these words from your heart. We're going to pray the salvation prayer. Jesus, I want your freedom. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. Save me and set me free. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And I command the devil to get off my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. If that's the first time that you've ever prayed that, welcome, welcome. So is there anyone in here that maybe resonated just a little bit with my story, unbelief, fear, control? Okay, I'm not the only one. Good. Okay. So we're going to pray a prayer tonight, and we are going to go through those four R's, and we are going to command those devils to leave our life. Amen? All right. Just repeat after me. Father, I come to you right now, and I repent for my unbelief, fear, 
control, anger, and condemnation. I choose to forgive from my heart those who have hurt me. Jesus Christ, come and heal my heart. Transform my mind. I declare the finished work of the cross. Come and set me free. Right now, I stand in the authority of heaven. And I command spirits of unbelief, fear, anger, control, and condemnation to go from me now. I break my agreement with you and I command you to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.